0: again, everyone. Welcome to the Red and White Authority. I'm Art Regner. This is episode 192, and as always, the Red and White Authority is presented by Labatt Blue. It is the official Canadian beer of the Detroit Red Wings, whether it's winter, spring, summer, or fall. It's always nice to end your day with an ice-cold, frothy Labatt Blue, but we do ask that you drink our premium beer responsibly and uh, let's bring in a man that i would imagine has been pretty happy lately uh no stranger to the red and white authority uh he is one of the record holders too has been on many many times uh one of the uh i i think just an excellent excellent coach great guy as always and friend of the program dan watson the head coach of the toledo walleye dan welcome back great to have you on
1: no thanks for having me art it's always a pleasure
0: uh, I would assume, and let's just get into this because it's extraordinary. 18 consecutive wins. It's the franchise record. It's the longest in ECHL history to the uh, South Carolina club, which uh, had 23. Uh, 11 of your 18 wins have been on the road, which is also the second most in league history to that South Carolina club that had 13. Your Penalty kill on the road is 88 percent. Your overall penalty kill is 85.2 percent. I mean, I don't. You're second in the Central Division, believe it or not, to Cincinnati, the Cyclones. You both have had uh, 62 games played. You both have won the same amount of games at 41. You've lost 15. They've lost 12. Overtime losses four for the Walleye. Shootout losses two. 88 points. Uh, Cincinnati, as I said, 41-12, 6-3. They have 91 points. Dan, what has turned it around? I, I would imagine, as happy as you are, I don't think any coach has ever seen their club putting together 18 consecutive victories.
1: No, and it's been a lot of fun, to be honest with you. We had a struggle at the start. Uh, I'm not going to lie to you. We were hovering around 500, and uh, we needed to make some changes within the locker room, which we did. uh, And it obviously benefited us. And so now we've got a group here together that's extremely close. Um, You know, this 18-game run that we're on isn't a fluke. Uh, These guys are playing extremely hard. They're competing. They're playing with details and great habits. And what's most impressive – uh, you know, is our defensive game, you know, he's given up 145 goals again, second in the league as well. Uh, to a really, behind a really good Idaho club, uh, but the way the guys are playing when we don't have the puck is something I haven't seen here uh, you know, for a while, and usually we have offensive teams and you know, we're great on the power play and we can beat teams 5-4, five, 5-3 five, on any given night, this team's built a little bit different, and, and they keep it simple, they play extremely hard and uh, you know, real proud of the what we were doing here and accomplishing here, and um, it's one thing we don't even talk about the streak, to be honest with you it's not about hey let's go get 19 it's the messaging is how do we need to play tonight in, in order to give us an opportunity to win and the guys have certainly bought into that, and uh, you know, once we win, or you know, if we win that game, then then the joke becomes, "Hey, uh, 17 games is a fluke." They call 18 a streak. Uh, now, you know, last game it was 18's a fluke. They they call 19 a streak. So the guys are having fun with it too. But it's loose. There's no pressure, and we just go play our game. So it's been it's been a fun a fun atmosphere to play around here.
0: You, know, you said something, and I understand what goes on in the room stays in the room. And, and, you know, before I ask you this question, for people that aren't aware of the ECHL, it's, uh, or the East Coast Hockey League, as I still refer to it, although I, they dropped that a, a while ago. Uh, but uh, can you explain what kind of league it is? Because I, one of my favorite stories, Danny, you told me this many years ago. I don't know if you were in the playing Kansas or in Kansas, and you had a defenseman who was Signed, I believe by Chicago, the AHL, and then you were scouring leagues, or maybe you were in Texas and you were scouring leagues in Kansas to try to find a defenseman for that night. So I don't know if transient league is the best thing, but you have players coming and going all the time.
1: Yeah, we do. And that's, you know, that's the nature of the beast here at this level. The guys go to the American League. Uh, at the you know, drop of the hat they have a good weekend they're gone and we have to be ready as a staff uh, to, to replace those guys and there's multiple ways to do it during the season it's typically through the southern professional hockey league uh, via trade or waiver claims in our league now the other way right now as we're seeing is is once uh, you know all the colleges and universities are done the ncaA you know we can grab guys from there and then the junior leagues when they're finished as well so you always have to be recruiting you always have always have to be Scouting, uh, we do rely on uh, reports from Detroit Scouts as well, and who they like and who they think would help us or or fit what we're trying to do here. Um, and so, you know, we we try to get as much information as possible. But there are circumstances where you know you, you don't want to play short if you don't have to. Uh, we already play a man short compared to all the other pro leagues. So uh, what we try to do is make sure that we have players that that are going to fit what we're trying to do, and and that. Can come in very, very uh, different ways, and you know, just have to be ready. And you got to be ready to, to pull the trigger when it's needed. And uh, like you talked about, it doesn't matter where they come from or where they're playing. We'll get them to Toledo. We'll get them in the lineup, and and uh, you know, try to get them acclimated as quickly as possible.
0: Now, you know, as I said, you know, I say this at least once every podcast. I'll say it again. What goes on in the room stays on the room. I understand and I respect that. But you say we're, we're filtering around right around five hundred. Uh, you knew that a change had to be made uh when you're when you're thinking hey i'm the head coach i'm sure you talk to your staff on this and uh maybe feel out some of the players some of your leadership on the team uh when you're going to make trades do you do you talk to a little bit of grand rapids do you talk to a little bit detroit too or is this pretty much the uh whatever dan watson wants is going to happen
1: yeah, a little bit of both, to be honest with you. Um, I think just making sure we know what the potential looks like down the road, whether it's getting players, losing players from Grand Rapids, that's obviously that's information we need to know. Uh, with that said, though, you know, I'm also coach slash kind of hockey operations GM here that I have to put the roster together. I need to put a winning product on the ice, a competitive product on the ice um and and again if you want to win you want to have success it does start in the locker room and you know when you you Maybe don't have the right guys, or maybe have too much of something, and you need to get rid of the skill, or you need to get rid of more depth to bring in more skill. That's something the coaching staff we do discuss, and and that's why it is important to to have those open lines of communication with Ben Simon, Sean Horkoff, Derek Lalonde at times, just to make sure that um, you know, hey, you're going to get this guy maybe in a week once we get healthy, or here, you know, you might get this type of defenseman down in a week or four healthier. You might lose these guys, so uh, that, those lines of communication are always open and we go from there uh, it's kind of uh, it's kind of what we need at the time who's available we, we make sure we do our homework on them and uh, number one thing is they have to be good people they have to have great character high character if they want to play for the walleye um, that's number one, and then we go from there. But uh, you know, it is hard. It's hard at this level to move, guys. It's hard at this level to tell someone, bring someone to your office, and say, "Hey, you're not going to be part of this organization anymore. Here's where you're going, or we're going to release you. Good luck finding a new home. We'll try and help you as best we can." Those are always tough conversations, but uh, ones we had to have early on to to kind of right the ship.
0: You know, I don't want to put words in your mouth, but it, it sounds like to me, and you know, and I've learned this from covering sports for longer than I care to admit, but um, is that I think coaches or teams try to find, if this is the proper word, balance that they need. you know, if your team is balanced, meaning you play off facets of the game and I'm being captain obvious here, then your team, Chances are they're going to be competitive and have a chance every night. Is that what happened to the walleye? Nothing against the players that you had or that you had to move. Is that it? Just was not, for lack of a better term, the right mix.
1: It was. We just didn't have the guys um, to fill the right roles that we felt we needed to to have success. And and it wasn't their fault. I don't think it was our fault. It just sometimes it's not the right fit. Um, and you have to go out and make sure that you find guys that are the right fit. Um, and again, these are all good quality people that we moved out of here or we lost. And, and uh, you know, we were able to fill them with good quality people. But uh, the biggest thing is you want to make sure that everyone has a role, uh, that no one feels kind of like on the outside or why do I belong here? Where do I fit in their plan? You always want to make sure you have clarity with the players so they understand and know exactly how they can help contribute to the team, but also have individual success. So success. So I think it's I think it's important that uh, you do. You get the right people in the right spots, have the right roles, make sure they know exactly what they're they're going to do, and and uh, let's get after it.
0: Well once the you start making the changes and I, you know you said something interesting a little a little earlier about you know the the Wall were always really offensive machines if you look at it I mean you you had uh, players that you know were up there in ECHL scoring and but this year it's it's a little bit different bent I mean defensively uh, you're outstanding your goaltending has been standing outstanding you don't have any defensemen I believe among the scoring leaders in the ECHL, which, you know, as I said earlier, you, you, you do have uh, uh, most of the time. And, uh, you know, your leading scorer is uh, Brandon Hawkins, and he's seventh in the league. I mean, impressive, 70 points in 56 games. But when you're going through this uh, metamorphosis or, or, or transformation, are you thinking we need to be better defensively, or is that just the way it turned out?
1: No, that's you nailed it right there. We had to be better defensively. We were way too careless with the puck. Uh way too many turnovers, just trying to make too many skilled plays that that weren't there. And so, you know, what we ended up doing was going with a more north-south, if you will, type team, a team that can play with some pace, getting out of our zone quick, through the neutral zone quick, playing behind defenders. Um, So we went out and we got a bunch of guys that do that, but they're also great inside that locker room. Um, And so, you know, in the past, we've had some really highly, highly skilled teams, and and those are fun to coach because there's some nights you just stand there and watch them play. Uh, But this team is totally different. It's fun watching them block shots. And some of the biggest things uh, as a coach when you see an entire team stand up on the bench and clap their sticks for a block shot, I think, you know, you've got something special. And right now, yeah, they get up and cheer for goals, but the block shots, the chip pucks in the chip pucks out, we're getting guys standing up on the bench, just cheering those on. And and so I think as a coach right now with this team, we have that, that's the fun things to watch.
0: Now, I, I I know uh you know, I know Sebastian Cosa pretty well and my nickname for him, although I think it's Seabass, but but I call him the doctor and I don't know why. And but he says he likes it. So anyway, I'm talking to Sebastian, and when it appeared that Detroit was not going to send him back to Junior, um, I always figured that Toledo would be a great place for him as his first year pro because he's still, I don't know, 19 years old, or could have gone back to junior as an overager. And I told him that Toledo is a great place to play. The environment at Huntington Place, I mean, it's it's extraordinary. Um, how important, and even though you've accomplished this uh, so far 18 and counting winning streak 11 of eighteen on uh, on the road how important is that home crowd because that building for the most part is packed each and every walleye home game
1: yeah it's a phenomenal atmosphere uh, the energy that they can provide our players is incredible you can certainly feel it on the bench I think that um, you know having nine of ten home games remaining in our schedule is going to favor us. Uh, not only for the rest uh, for the playoff stretch here and playoff run, but um, just getting these guys excited about coming to the rink still and playing in front of a great crowd. And that's something we didn't do early on. We were not very good early on at home. Now we've won eight straight at home. Um, and again, we focused too much on trying to get these 8,000 plus people out of their seats by making, you know, some, some really good plays versus playing blue collar work ethic hockey, which is this town. That's exactly what it is. That's what we want to see. So, you know, the excitement, the energy they bring, uh, is incredible. Um, you know, and, and our players feel it; they know it, and, and we're excited to be here at home.
0: You know, I know Toledo is an old hockey town, and uh, they've had, a, you know, uh, a nice legacy in a history with with this uh, with this great sport. Yet, and I'm not saying this damn to embarrass you, and they've had many great people coach and play for the Toledo franchises over the years, but. How happy are you, because when I think Mr. Toledo Hockey, I think Dan Watson. I mean, you played there. You've been an excellent, excellent uh, coach for them. I mean, how happy are you for this community that I know you really have a passion for?
1: Well, you know what, I really appreciate that. And there's a lot of guys that have come before me that uh, you know I'm <laughs> sure I'm sure would jump out. I, I know the very the very last weekend of the season, we're actually going to have a Gold Diggers weekend for the two championship games wow. that they had in the 70s, which is going to be fantastic. But um, you know what? This community is so passionate about hockey. Um, you know they show up whether you're winning, you're losing. You're going to hear about it whether you're winning or losing too. Believe me. Uh, but I love that part of it. There's pressure. To win here there's pressure to have success you know if you don't win a championship it means you failed that season and you know we we take that in stride and i'm i'm honored to be the head coach here uh it's a fantastic place to be the coach. There's, you know our organization gives us tons of resources to have success um you know and just i I do i I love it here in toledo and and passionate about trying to win a championship here
0: you know and and uh, how much um and I think you know, and I know that we've covered a lot of this in, in previous podcasts. But for people just listening, because obviously, as I said, eighteen game winning streak at a prof- for a professional team is you know is really noticeable across the spectrum, the world of hockey, and all of sport. I mean, that's an impressive statistic, a uh, uh, winning streak. But uh, I, I I'm kind of curious about like the are you getting feedback? And the way Detroit, the Red Wings, and your part, your affiliate of the Red Wings, the way that they view an ECHL team, and the reason I'm asking you that is because, as we've talked about in the past, a lot of franchises, you know, the ECHL is where players go to, uh, uh, for their career to, for lack of a better term, die, yet the ECHL, if you're... Toledo Walleye, that is not the case. The Red Wings are very engaged in what you are doing.
1: They are, and and I give credit to uh, Sean Horkoff and Ben Simon and his staff and and, and the types of players that they sign for depth. If you look at the players we've had here for the course of this season, uh, the goaltending tandem that we have right now, um, they're invested in their players coming here, playing big minutes, getting better, and so that when they go back up to Grand Rapids, you know they fit right in, and and now they're progressing in their development, and can hopefully help Grand Rapids win games. Um, and that's what that's what we're all about. We want to be a development uh, system for them. We want to we want to be a really really good spot that they feel comfortable sending players, whether they're a draft pick, whether they're free agents, whatever it is. We want them to have that ability and and know that we care about uh, the success of the entire uh, of three organizations. And uh, you know so far it's been uh, you know a really really good affiliation
0: you know i know there's a lot of superstition in in society and people that's just human nature but uh have i mean is derek lalone or or steve Iserman or ben simon uh is anyone congratulating you or talking to you about it or is it like he's i don't want to curse them you know so what kind of feedback have you had (laughs)
1: <laughs> Derek will, Derek will uh, send me a picture of the, usually the tweet, whatever the number is once in a while, and just say, keep it rolling. And that's, that's basically oh, as far as that goes. And then when I talk to Ben and Sean, they just say, you guys have it rolling, keep it going. Uh, you know, obviously it, it is. 18 games is certainly impressive, and and uh, it, it's certainly getting noticed. And, yeah, I certainly appreciate all the support from them. Now, have uh, are you
0: superstitious? Are you wearing, like, uh, the same pair of socks or the same tied every
1: game now. Well, you know what's crazy? I started wearing these. I was We go to Kalamazoo. It's a cold room. I started wearing these, this sweater, these sweaters on the bench underneath my suit because I was cold one day. And uh, all of a sudden, we started winning, started winning. We keep winning. So I keep having to wear these two sweaters and mix up the suit and the ties and the shirts, obviously. But uh, these two sweaters. So I'm worried now that once the weather starts to turn a little warmer, uh, that I may get a little warm on the bench. So, uh, you know, but I'm going to keep wearing them as long as we're winning. You're going to see this black and navy blue. One behind the bench uh, the whole time. Yeah,
0: you know, the reason I'm asking you that is because I was hesitant to want to do a podcast with you. I know my colleague Daniela Bruce went down there and did. I think Waiting of Wings on Sebastian Cosa, talked to you and uh, a couple other people of, of affiliated with the, with the walleye I turned out really really great. I'm thinking, God, I don't want to be the guy who you know suddenly talks to Dan and boom, you know the streak is over. So it it, it is weird because it is impressive, it, but then there's. That that old, uh, and we'll get into that you know some of the players here is shortly. That you know I, I've had Toledo fans who come to Red Wing games, and they know that I love the walleye, and I'm a big fan of it. And you know always are appreciative that uh, that I talk about the walleye. But my but my point being is is you know they'll as happy as they are for you. They'll say, don't you think they? I mean, you know, the playoffs are going to start. Shouldn't they lose a couple games? (laughs) Yeah, Because human nature is, you know, you can't win forever, especially in professional sports, but does that creep in your mindset as well? God, wouldn't it be good if we just played one
1: stinker so I have something to say to him? No, and I listen, I get that. I believe I understand it, but if if you were here and you saw the way these guys are playing, um, this isn't uh, there hasn't been some real bad games where we've struggled and snuck one out, or we've needed the goalie to absolutely steal us a game. Um, Our guys are playing the right way every night, and that's the consistency part of it that I think I'm probably the most impressive. These guys show up every practice, every game with that consistency of wanting to get better and playing high-level hockey, Um, and the detail and the habits they have is incredible, and so um, you know what, as long as we continue to talk about the way we have to play, uh, the results are going to come, and you know what, if we do lose one, it's going to happen eventually. Like you said, these things aren't going to last forever. If it does happen, the best thing is we get to go right back at it the next game and continue playing the same way. And and I think wins will happen. So um, the way we're doing it is, is incredible. Uh, The buy-in the guys have is incredible. And, you know, we're just enjoying this run
0: has, Maybe you've been surprised. Have anybody that you, you said, like, wow, uh, someone reach out to you? Or, you know, I'm going to say, like, Wayne Gretzky send you a text and say, wow, 18, way to go. You know, I mean, has anything like that happened yet, even though you're still in the throes of a, of the regular season?
1: No nothing yet like that. I mean some some former coaches, uh, some former walleye players, a couple ex teammates have certainly uh, shared some messages with us but uh, no one no one's really like that where I'm like oh wow, this guy reached out no it, it's uh, it's the usual suspects on my text message thread here.
0: So so no one in Toledo uh, like a you know, you're still paying for your dinner and you're still paying for you know if you have a, a beverage or two after a game uh, nothing for free yet.
1: No, there's no special no special treatment here. You got to earn everything in this city. <laughs> which <laughs> well, is a good thing.
0: <laughs> well, you know that that's why they're a Detroit affiliate. I trust me. I think we all know that feeling. That uh, that that's the way it is, and probably that's the way it should be. Let's uh, let's turn our attention, obviously, now to the uh, the players that have uh, made up this 18 game winning streak. And uh, as you said, nine of the next 10, as the season winds down here, your last 10 games, nine are at home. I urge everybody. Everybody. Toledo is not that far. Michigan fought a war with Ohio over Toledo, or we're about to. And so it's not, you know, many, many of you probably listening still think Toledo should be part of Michigan. Uh, but with that said, go down go down to the Huntington Place. It's wonderful. I don't know if they do day night things, but maybe you can see the mud ends and the walleye in the same day. They're the right next to
1: each other. The, the March 31st, March 31st is their opening game. It's a Friday night there is going to be a doubleheader. We play at home as well. So they certainly do that.
0: Really? Well, there you go. I mean, because, um, Fifth, third ballparks a great place to to see the mud hens and obviously with uh, the transitions that the Tigers, or transactions the Tigers have made obviously uh, the mud hens are are, are, are great great value uh, but right now it's all about the walleye and um, the first player we have to talk about is the doctor is Sebastian Cosa he his records fourth best overall in the uh, in the ECHL 38 games played he's 23 13 and two shootout losses, four shutouts, goals against 2.40, save percentage 9.15. He, uh, uh, What's amazing about him is like last week, uh, he played both games 2-0, goals against 1.49, save percentage 9.15. Um, 4.946 uh, was a safe percentage. Uh you know, he's uh, uh you know, he has the second most victories in the ECHL. Uh just a wonderful uh, uh you know, I I think he's won like 10 straight games, which is obviously part of this uh Sebastian when you saw him as a raw rookie when he was when he, you know, he ends up there at you know, on your doorstep so to speak, Dan. and and where he was then and where he is today.
1: Well, I think if anyone saw him at the start of the year, and I know there were some some people questioning and, and saying he's struggling, but uh, this young man, and I say that honestly, is, has grown up really quick. Um the the things that the these young guys have to go through in order to understand what it's like and, and to be a professional every single day, it's extraordinary. And and we take it maybe for take it for granted as as someone who owns a house and has a family and all that kind of stuff. Here's a twenty year old kid who's leaving his family, who's leaving his billets, who's getting thrown in a new city, who's living by himself in an apartment. Um, He has to figure out where to grocery shop, where to do his banking, all this kind of stuff that, you know, that first month and a half, two months, it wasn't just about hockey, it was about trying to find and and figure out how to live on a daily basis and what to do with your time after you're done with the arena. And so what he's done, and I think what, uh, you know, the development team around him has done, a really good job of was teaching him how to do all that, being patient with it, uh, getting him uh, acclimated and trying to get him into a routine and and get him some good habits that now we can focus on hockey. Um, he comes to work every single day. His work ethic is through the roof. And that's probably what's impressed me most. At the start of the year, as a team, we were struggling. He was struggling a little bit. Now we've turned it on, and he's as confident as a goaltender as I've seen. Uh, The players are extremely confident when he's in the net. And I just think that, you know, once he got settled with with his life and his daily routine outside of hockey, that has now settled him into being a really, really good pro right now.
0: Yeah, the thing I find interesting about uh, about Sebastian is, you know, he, he has a uh, effervescent personality. He's very gregarious. You can tell he likes people. Uh, you know, I said which I like in a player. He does not seem to lack confidence, which is good. Uh, but he seems to have, at least from some of his postings, a sense of community as well that he has really integrated himself not only to the Walleye Club but to the city of Toledo.
1: Yeah. And again, I think that's, that goes right back to how much our fans support our team. Um, you know, there's probably way more fan and player interaction at this level than there is at the American League level and certainly at the NHL level. And, you know, it, we need fans in order to survive. And, and I think Sebastian has understood that he, he realizes. I guess his position in hockey, the high draft pick, uh, the Detroit Red Wings right down the street. We have a lot of Red Wings fans in Toledo um, and and he's taken it in stride and he makes time for kids. He makes time for the fans and it's great to see, you know, he is a people person. um, And so, you know, he has integrated himself in, into the community, which, you know, now it's just going to generate even more support and make him feel uh, that much more welcomed and, and hopefully make him a better person as well.
0: You know, as he was beginning and trying to figure it out on and off the ice, and obviously you, you've mentioned it, I've mentioned it, he's a high draft pick, uh, you know, you know anybody that's labeled anything of the future always has a lot of pressure on them, and obviously Sebastian is looked at the, as the Red Wings goalie of the future. Um, what is your approach as he's trying to figure it out? Are you hands off? Do you have a lot of conversations with him? Uh, does You know, for lack of a better term, does Sean Horkoff come down and talk to him or or whomever? Uh, I'm just kind of curious how the interaction has been as he has really kind of developed and fast tracked himself to where he is today.
1: Well, I think there's been a lot of people to be honest with the art. Uh, you know, whether it's myself talking to him, Phil Osare talking to him, Brian Mahoney Wilson talking to him. Sean has certainly been here to watch him play. Dan Cleary, uh, you know, and then again, we have a strength and conditioning coach that he's working with us. He does need to get stronger. He's been doing extra workouts, uh, but these are all the things that he needs to learn. And and so he has a multiple multiple people who are all on the same page who are willing to help him. And I think that's the biggest thing is he understands that he's got a team of people who are willing to help him develop at whatever pace that is to get better. And, you know, uh, to have the resources like the guys I just mentioned is incredible. Not every uh, team at this level has that. And so I think he's in a great spot and then he certainly benefited from, uh, the amount of time spent with the people I just mentioned.
0: Yeah. I, I would, would be remiss if I didn't mention your, for the most, of the season i i he's up at uh, with grand rapids right now but uh uh that is john Lethemann, uh former Michigan State Spartan, uh, I, I think just signed. I, I believe I, I'm not sure if it was a Red Wing contract or a, a GR contract, Grand Rapids. But in 26 games played, he's the best goaltender in the ECHL this season. 26, he's 18-1 with three overtime losses, goals against of 1.99, save percentage of 930, and four shutouts. I would imagine that uh, that Sebastian and John have worked really, really well. All together and how important has not only Sebastian's play, the Doctor's play, but also John uh, uh, Letheman, whom uh, really has seemed to put together, I would dare say, a career year up to now.
1: Yeah, John is salt of the earth. Um, again, another guy who comes to work who Sebastian can learn from. He's been through a lot of the stuff Sebastian's been through, and so to have this tandem, uh, you know, maybe a more seasoned guy and John's still not that old, but a seasoned guy that's been through it. Who Sebastian can look and see what he's doing. Why is why is John Lethman having such great success? What do I need to do similar to him, or what can I learn from him? And um, John's been a great mentor, but also you know a good goal. For us as well, a great goaltender for us. So those two together make an unbelievable pair. They enjoy spending time together. They enjoy being around the rink together. Uh, the competition is extremely healthy for the net. We we basically we roll out one goaltender. They know their starts. It's it's uh Lethman starts, Costa starts, Lethman starts, Costa starts. We just kind of went that route uh between them and and they've they've kind of taken it to uh you know a whole new level for us in terms of goaltending.
0: Right, right. Now I know John was called up to Grand Rapids and so Sebastian started both games last weekend. I already said at Indy, 3-2 overtime win. Uh, obviously, that's all the while I do is win. And then in k uh, Kalamazoo uh, beat them 3-1. Uh, his numbers were, as I, as I said earlier, outstanding over the weekend. Yet you still needed another goaltender. And a, a name very familiar, a Red Wing draft pick, um, is uh, Jan uh, Bednar or Bednash, which I have to say to the people in Europe who continually tell me it's Bednash, but John Bednar uh, was just signed. I don't think he, he's gotten any games yet for the Walleye, but how important is it to have somebody like Bednash or Bednar, whom is you know kind of on the Red Wing radar as well, at least the fans radar.
1: Yeah, no, he's young, he's raw, he's coming off of surgery. Uh, It's a great opportunity for him to see what pro hockey is all about. Get his feet wet, um, get a taste of our league. And, and, you know, again, he signed with Grand Rapids for next year. Obviously, we'll let the chips fall where they may, but, uh, you know, he's here practicing, uh, getting in some game play a little bit during practice here, and and, uh, he's going to back up Sebastian. And when we need him, I I think he will get some starts here down the stretch. I don't think Sebastian can play – the the last 10 with the way our schedule's set up. So I think we're going to see Jan in the net, and we're excited for that, another guy that works extremely hard. And I think the biggest thing every single player that we've had sent down from Grand Rapids or Detroit – They've been workers, and I love that. I think that you know when you're competing and you're battling every day, that makes you better. And certainly, I see that with Jan.
0: I there's a couple of uh, uh, forwards that I want to ask you about, and you know, and, and I'm joking because I've, uh, you know, I followed his entire career. Uh, T.J. Hensick, I think, came out of retirement, right? And he's back, yeah. and and I'm thinking. He, My gosh, is he 50? Uh, I, I mean, <laughs> but, but I mean, I'm just kind of giving him the business here a little bit. But what about TJ coming back for a team that is in the midst of where you fellas are at right now, but a proven up until Brandon Hawkins, I think, broke a, a recent scoring record of his. I mean, he has really been impressive in a walleye uniform.
1: Yeah, TJ is a phenomenal person, number one. Um, He has grown and and loved Toledo now, uh, wants to win a championship here. And the reason why we brought him back is to really share those experiences about Toledo, about how hard it is uh, to win a championship at this level. Um, you know, so his locker room presence is huge, and we just felt we were still missing that component uh, down the stretch here. And so he's going to get into his first game action this weekend. Tomorrow night will be his first game on Friday, um, and we're looking forward to seeing him back in the walleye uniform. He's a great player, um, but most importantly, he is a really, really good leader behind closed doors. And uh, you know, I know he's excited. I know his family's excited. His, his son William's going to be really, really excited. Uh, you know, so, uh, it's going to be good to see. Him out there once again.
0: Yeah, no, definitely. I mean, you know, really, I go back with T.J. Hensick like a long time. I mean, as far as following him, um, uh, we mentioned him earlier, but Brandon Hawkins uh, seems to be everything that you would want in the player. And what's really, when you look at the scoring leaders in the ECHL, the one thing that stands out to me not only is seventy points, thirty-three goals, eleven power play goals, but he's a plus twenty-three, which I would assume not only is a testament to him as a player but the whole scheme that Toledo is playing this year.
1: It is, and and one of the things on Brandon, he's been um, earlier in in the last couple of years, I think that one of his knocks is defensive game, Uh, and we talked about it. Uh, He's certainly determined to be a better defensive player. He's an offensive weapon. Anytime he's on the ice, he's a threat. He's a threat to score a goal, so everyone knows that, but now the details in his defensive game have, have certainly come full, you know, all the way around, making a 180 here and and uh, you know stopping in the right spots. Good stick detail, willing to block shots. Like our identity, the brand that we're playing, he is bought into, and now he is playing that, and he's seeing the results. Um, not only with the team aspect, but the individual aspects, and you know that that uh, those plus minus stats. I know sometimes people like them, they don't like them, but they do tell a little bit of the story, and and they certainly do for branding.
0: I. I, I defensively, when I was looking at it, you have several fellas who have nice numbers, but again, and I'm not obsessed with leaders in the ECHL or looking at defensive leaders, but this just seems like a very, very solid defensive core
1: it is um there's depth all the way through um you know and then we just signed some more uh college guys college defensemen that can help out here too i don't think you never have enough good defensemen you know and then they say that's what wins championships and um uh, the group of guys that we've had and, and there's been several defensemen come through here this year whether it was grand rapids uh, contracted detroit contracted guys or echl contracted guys the way they play Uh, to me is get back for pucks quick. Let's get out of our zone, join the offense when possible, Uh, but let's take care of net front. Everything, you look at any stat right now, and and all the goals are scored primarily right in front of the goaltender, and that's something we struggled with early on. We are giving up way too many chances and goals at our net front, Um, and so these guys have, have now committed themselves to protecting our goaltender, protecting the slot area, protecting the scoring area, um, and they're doing a great job. And I, I got to believe we're one of the top teams. You know, unfortunately, we don't have the analytics at this level right now. But we have to be one of the top teams in shots blocked. Our guys are so willing to do that. And that's why our penalty kills was so good, too. This decor is, is you know, they are ready to and willing to put their body on the line to make sure that uh, pucks don't get through. And if they do get through, uh, we've got a good goaltending duo back there.
0: You know, Dan, I know you're a former defenseman yourself, and I think something that raised some eyebrows, or at least fan base, uh, people coming up to me, was Donovan Sabrango, who was with GR, came down to to, to 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 Toledo, then came back up to GR. Um, what can you tell us a little bit about uh, about Donovan?
1: Well, Donovan, you know, he came down, and and uh, you know, obviously, spending the last couple of years in the American, League, I'm sure it was not an easy conversation or transition. Um, you know, he came down here and the one thing I'll tell you is again, another kid that works extremely hard. Um, And that's the biggest thing for him is that work ethic, that compete level. Yeah, there are components of his game that he still has to get better at, but he's willing to get better at those while he was here. Uh, You know, while he's here, he's playing big minutes. He's playing over 20 minutes a night on our power play at times. Certainly one of the first guys over the boards on our penalty kill. So he was being put in situations that maybe he wasn't seeing consistently at the American League level, and that's going to help him get better. Um, You know, and I just think he's still a young kid who's still learning. Uh, and still getting better it's a development process and everyone's process is different everyone is going to develop at a different rate Uh, what I can tell you though is he listens to the coaches he does exactly what's asked of him uh, you know and he's a great teammate and a great person
0: you know another player that I've always liked, and uh, uh, from goes back to his uh, first development camp with the Red Wings is Seth Barton. He's a right-handed shooting defenseman, and you know every Red Wing fan now is in a panic because we don't have enough right-handed D. Uh, but, <laughs> but but at this point, I really like Seth Barton. I know he played ten games for you. Uh, he's back up in GR right now. Uh, eight points. He's the uh, he's the first one with, with the walleye in his eight games. Two goals, six. Assists. Uh, He's the first one to tell you that, uh, hey, I'm a little bit of a project, but he seems to have the right mindset that whether he makes it or not, you know, I I hope he does. Um, But he's a guy that is really dedicated to the process and getting the most out of himself
1: he is he's he's real smooth on the ice um, you know the biggest thing for him is trying to make plays under pressure uh trying to make sure that you know he's he's getting back to pucks quickly but he is cerebral he thinks the game extremely well he sees it well um, you know I think uh, for him even off the ice he's in here working out he's stretching he's training he's eating the right things uh, he just he's a pro uh, bottom line I know you I'm sure you've heard that line before he's a pro he's a pro well this kid here like he he wants it uh he's willing to put in the work and the time understands that it's not going to be real fast but you know when he gets his opportunities uh he has to make sure that he he shows himself well and and you know make sure that he doesn't get sent back down um and, and he's willing to do that
0: uh, yeah, he's, he certainly is. You know, another player that really ignited. And, Dan, I know you're up uh, at training camp in Traverse City every year. Uh, but really was the talk of uh, a development camp. And he played pretty well once the uh, the NHL club showed up up in TC. Uh, and, uh, you know, in 31 games played, I believe he's now back up in, in Grand Rapids too. But uh, uh, Kirill Tutayev, uh, an intriguing player. Where is Caril at in his uh, in his development? Do you think?
1: Well, I think Kirill, Kirill has a real chance, an opportunity to play a lot of a uh, lot of pro hockey games. He's probably and and i'm not saying this he's probably one of the most if not the most skilled guy in our league when he's down here he just sees the ice so well he can make those little plays under pressure um up in the american league i know he's gonna have to move and make those plays a little bit quicker than what he he has to do it down here but he is certainly skilled and i think again it's it's learning the pro game it's learning north american game it's It's learning the the details defensively when he doesn't have the puck. When he has the puck, he's dynamic. He knows exactly what to do with it, when to make the play. It's incredible to watch him play. Uh, But again, it's the details when he doesn't have the puck. And those are certainly coming. Again, plus 21 on our team in 31 games is impressive. And he was part... Of our turnaround, uh, when he was sent down along with Trenton Bliss, along with Drew Warrad, along with those defensemen, uh, you know, playing him on a top line with other skilled players certainly turned our offense and our game around.
0: Yeah, I, I uh, uh you know I don't want to leave anybody out and I can ask you about each and every player on uh, on your roster uh uh but is there is there anybody else that you would really like the fans to know someone who has been such a huge and integral part in this 18 game winning streak?
1: Yeah, I think uh, one guy, and maybe his stats aren't going to jump out at you. Um, but if anyone remembers uh, Andrew Sturts from Penn State, mm-hmm. incredible college career. Uh, you know, we made a trade for him from Orlando, and what he has done inside that locker room for us in terms of uh, becoming a team, the positivity that that he brings, and, and that infectious uh, energy he brings every day is certainly bleeding through all the young guys that we. Have and so for him, I just want to mention his name because he certainly has turned our locker room uh, the way we are on the bench. It has certainly turned us around, and so I can't uh, I can't say enough good things about Andrew Sturts.
0: Okay, well, that that's great. Now, I want to ask you, but kind of maybe an emotional weekend. I understand what uh, Mr. Walleye goaltender, Pat Nagel's coming back with his new club, and Caden Fulcher's coming back. I mean, is that an emotional thing? I mean, those guys were pretty integral parts of the walleye.
1: Yeah, Pat Nagel certainly was, uh, you know, someone over the past three years, four years he was here, was instrumental in in a lot of playoff success, a lot of regular season success. And uh, to see him in a different uniform (laughs) is going to be certainly interesting to play against him. Um, But, you know, I have the utmost respect for him and how he operates and and certainly uh, the pro that he is. And and I'm excited to see him. You know, we better be able to beat him, though. That's number one. (laughs) As much as I like him as a person, there's no friends on the ice. Uh, and then with Caden Fulcher as well, he spent a lot of time here. Uh, you know, whether it was inside the net here, uh, you know, I know he, he got caught up with the injury bug a little bit, but just another guy that we saw mature in front of our eyes. Came here again as a young kid uh, when he left here. Again, one of those guys that figured out a routine, figured out good habits uh, off the ice, on the ice, and, and well, well liked within the community. Another great uh, guy within the community, uh, well liked by his teammates. So I'm excited to see them here this weekend uh but again i i hope that we have the success against them and and uh, we can shake hands after and and say good luck the rest of the way
0: yeah now you're a little apprehensive when you have a guy that you know especially in nagel's case who is so accomplished in net for the walleye that you know that his adrenaline is going to be as high as you know going to mars or something i mean he uh uh you're thinking you know but i i would assume that Everybody in the room is well aware that Nagel is really going to want to beat you
1: he is he is he's gonna have family here he's not from that far away we know that um, obviously it's a former team and again he didn't leave with in a bad way he left because he got a better opportunity uh, with Lehigh Valley so uh, I think there's gonna be mixed emotions for him too to be honest with you and um, you know we, we still touch base every once in a while he's a great guy that way but it'll be interesting to see uh, how he handles it again he's a mature he's a veteran goaltender I'm sure the pressure and the atmosphere He's played in several times here. That's not going to bother him. Uh, But I'll be anxious to see uh, his progression as a goaltender over the last couple of years.
0: Uh, I I think, Dan, the biggest cliche, or one of the biggest in all of sports, is the def- defense wins championships. Now, maybe it's not cliche, maybe it's the truth, but we hear it constantly. Obviously, the Walleye are a defensive-minded team. You talked about uh, blocking shots, your goaltending has been outstanding, and you have been on the cusp so many times of being Kelly Cup champions. Uh, I... I- Looking at it with with your playoff run, obviously about to start nine of your next 10 games at home to finish the season. Where are the walleye at? And I mean, obviously you feel good about your team, but do you think that maybe this is it? We're over the hump, maybe because we've maybe focused on defense a little bit more this season.
1: It could be. It could be. Our division's a bear. Uh, You know, Cincinnati has an excellent team. Fort Wayne and Indy, the the four teams, the three other teams in our division that look like they're going to be in the playoffs just waiting on the fourth team. But... um, all three of those teams are going to be extremely hard to get through. And, you know, Idaho, the best team in the entire ECHL, is also in our conference. So we're going to have to get through a team like that to get back to the Kelly Cup final. So just the adventure it takes to get to that far uh, is going to be hard this year. Um, But I think, again... I love our team. I love the guys that are inside that locker room. I trust them, Uh, you know, and I I know that regardless of what happens, our end goal certainly is a Kelly Cup championship for everyone inside the locker room, our organization, the city, everything. I know that no matter what happens, our guys are going to give it their all and leave it all out there on the ice, and, and, you know, I can be okay with that.
0: All right, Dan, you know you're one of my favorites. You know you're my buddy. I really, I I think you're an outstanding coach. What you have done with the walleye is, uh, you know, uh, the, someday your future member of the Toledo Sports Hall of Fame, maybe the Ohio Sports Hall of Fame, whatever. I mean, you know, moving up the charts. I mean, you, uh, you're an excellent coach, excellent person. I always enjoy talking to. you, But I I do have one more question. When TJ arrives tomorrow to get into the room. You have a rocking chair in front of his stall.
1: Let's go. We'll go rocking chair. We'll go cane. <laughs> We'll make sure he's got that to get back inside the locker room from the ice. To the amount he's probably going to have to play tomorrow, uh, and we'll probably an IV hanging by his stall too, or at least an oxygen pack. Um, no, I'm looking forward to. We're going to have some fun. Uh, I love TJ, and, and I'm excited to have him back inside the locker room. But I'm going to make sure the guys. I'm sure the guys already have something for him, so <laughs> it'll be interesting.
0: Yeah, that's what I really do love about the camaraderie of a team. There, if if there isn't good natured ribbing going on amongst the players and getting busting each other's chops, then I, I believe the chemistry in the room is not very good then.
1: I, I couldn't I could agree with you more. I, if, if guys aren't having fun together at the ring, this this should be the place where they, they come and they get away from all the stresses of the outside world and can come here and, and be themselves and uh, enjoy each other's company. And, and with that comes uh, you know the fair game ribbing the the jokes on each other uh, it is a camaraderie behind our uh, behind our closed doors and and uh, it is a special place inside the locker room
0: Well it certainly is and uh, you know the, the man responsible for creating it such a special place not only in the locker room but on the ice uh, uh, really one of the, the main architect of the Toledo walleye currently on an 18 game winning streak I hope I didn't curse it by having him on the uh, red and white authority today but Dan Watson thank you so much I am going to be down there in Toledo, uh, uh, nine of the next ten at home, as we've said before. But uh, I wish you nothing nothing but success. And if there's anybody that really uh, has earned the right to be the Kelly Cup champion, it's the Toledo Walleye in yourself.
1: No, Art, I appreciate it. Thank you for the support. And, yeah, any, uh, any Red Wing fan that wants to come down here, like you said, it's not that far away. We'd love to have you. Uh, go Walleye.
0: Right, yes, definitely go Walleye. And the best thing about it is it might be an Ohio-based team, but they definitely have University of Michigan colors, sort of.
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly. I think, you know what, actually one of the guys said to me, we have at least one player from every Division One college in Michigan on our team right now.
0: Well, well, that's great. I mean, that is definitely great. I mean, I think there's, what, seven Division I um uh, uh, College hockey teams in the state of Michigan, so uh, that's great, all. Dan.
1: We hit them all.
0: <laughs> good, good. Well, yeah. well, good. Well, that. Yeah. Not only you're 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 a brilliant marketer too, there, Dan. I don't know if you realize that.
1: Hey, you got to. It's all recruiting art. It's, it's one of those. It's one of those things you learn along the way.
0: Right. Definitely. You're you're so right about that. Again, Dan, uh, continued success. Best of luck to you and the walleye. And I will see you certainly. But again, thank you for being on the Red and White Authority. Thanks, Dan.
1: Thanks again.